Hey, thanks for joining us for Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf. We have Benjamin John with us today, successful serial entrepreneur. Hope you're ready for a fast and furious conversation. We're going to have some fun. You're going to learn a few things, have something to write with. And as always, this is 21st Century TV, right? This is, this is live and interactive. So we can see your comments, ask questions, join in the conversation because this is all of us talking, not just the two of us here that you see on the broadcast. And Benjamin, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Jeff. Hey, thanks again for inviting me, man. I love uh, hopping on, talking to other entrepreneurs, sharing each other's journey, talking about the things that we're getting involved in. This is perfect, man. This is what I live for is connections, man. So I really appreciate this a lot. That works both ways. I really deeply appreciate you being on. It's a pleasure to have you with us. But you have your own very successful show with your daughter, which is just amazing. I've been watching parts of it and to see the interaction with that the dynamic duo is that the title for it yeah man you got it dynamic duo podcast <laughs> how, how did that get started uh that's a good question actually it's it's kind of it happened so fast that i'm honestly having a hard time re recapping what how that really started so uh, <laughs> i did the virus podcast for a while and okay. that was a separate a podcast i started with my nephew right when the pandemic started happening and gosh, it, it seems like what, 2020 now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it's 20 years ago, huh? It's yeah. Just, yeah. Time has gone by since all that happened. It seems like we're going to be in this forever now, but uh, yeah, I think it was when we started the virus, me and my nephew started doing that for about six months. And then I had that idea just come to me. I was like, you know, it would be really cool. I don't, I haven't seen any podcast that really involves a parent and their child. And I'm sure there's some out there, you know, obviously, but I just haven't heard of them. I didn't see any. And so I thought it'd be a really cool idea because oh, my daughter's pretty sharp, I think, for, for her age. Uh, and well, how old, is she, how old is she? She's nine now. Nine years old. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's pretty smart and she's got a great attitude. So I was like, you know, this would be a good experience for her, not only to get in, get in front of the camera, get comfortable with the camera and like, you know, interacting with, you know, the screen. Uh, but this would be great to just kind of also um, chronologically capture these moments in time. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was a great idea. And then kind of, as we started it, we didn't know what we were going to do on it. It's evolved obviously. And then now we just kind of structured it in, into our own little segments, which consists of, you know, like tea time topics where we, we have tea and we review tea and we have like chocolates, you know, and things like that. And then we, we have a di dynamic discussion topic. We have a review section where we review books. So we do a lot of cool things and just, and just kind of chit chat. It's just relaxed. It, and it's great interaction too. Yeah, I love it because uh, kids are great for that, right? Mm -hmm. They just, uh, they're unfiltered. And so it's, it's amusing and entertaining and it's cute to hear kids really interacting just uh, authentically with adults with no filter. <laughs> well, you know, and, and like we were talking about on, on the pre-show, it just seems that we we culturally expect so little of kids that we yeah. don't allow them to step up and do stuff like this and go, oh, you know, nine years old now, no, 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 you know, nine yeah. year old on her own show, right? Because this is really 20, you know, the, the live streams that we do, the stuff on YouTube, that's really 21st century television, right? And you're doing your own production. She's doing part of doing her own production. Absolutely. And, it, it's great to see you giving her that opportunity and you know it's, it's just kids are, are capable of so much more ah you got it man and, and i appreciate that too because uh yeah you said it man like um the majority of children they just aren't given you know it's one thing to tell a child 
you can do anything. You can be anything you want in the world. But to actually, you know, just telling them that every every now and then and not really showing them and really uh, repeating that um, affirmations to them, you know, mm -hmm. getting them. It's kind of like the training we do right at the 10X team. Uh, yes. We train all the time. You know, we're we're supposed to train every single day because we this is our life. You know, what I mean, like if you want to be the best at something, um, you got to really get obsessed with it in a healthy way. And so mm -hmm. um, I think we need to teach children uh, a little bit more than just say these nice little cute sayings that you can be anything you want in the world. Like let's let's teach them an, a, a healthy, obsessive way to really start um, living a certain way, you know, living an ambitious life, uh, really mm -hmm. striving to be different than the normal the normal culture that you speak of, you know, give them access to these tools. Exactly. And, and you're letting them actually experience. You're not just saying it because too often, I think there's a tendency to say you can be anything you want to be now here, go watch television, you know, or go watch. Exactly. Video. Yeah. You know, yeah, go yeah. sit. you can be anything you want to be now go sit, sit quietly, <laughs> do something that doesn't disturb the adults <laughs> as, yeah. as opposed to here, here's how you do that. You know, yeah. walk with me. L let me let you experience that. Absolutely, man. And I, and to that point, I think it's super important to get your kids involved with what you are doing. I think this, there's so much value in that, you know, even if they don't understand it at first, just get them involved with it. You know, I bring my daughter with me to as many events as I possibly can. I just took her. So I'm a, I'm a chairman for the sales and recruiting department for a local organization called the Olympia master builders in it. And I take her with me to those meetings quite a bit. Um, and she sits in a group full of, full of older uh, people, you know, the uh, older business owners, and she listens to us talk. Um, and she, you know, and they, they interact with her a little bit too, you know, and they, they joke around with her like, Hey, we're going to, you know, uh, send me your email, me your notes on this, this uh, meeting later. And uh, it's, it's pretty funny, but yeah, I, 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 get I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Give us feedback on the meet on how the meeting went. What did you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, but I think it's very important to get your kids involved with what you're doing so they can see how you interact, how you approach people, how you, you connect mm -hmm. your dialogue with people. Um, she had a really good experience when I took her to the Grant Cardone Foundation gala event. That was super cool. So she oh, got to must have been amazing. Super cool. There's only a few kids there and I had to, I had to get some strings pulled to make sure she can actually go to that. Um, mm -hmm. But that's when they launched 10X Kids and 10X Kids University. And, um, you know, she got to meet Grant, she got to meet Elena and uh, Sabrina and Scarlett. And so she had a blast, man. And I, I think that was a huge opportunity for her and me to, to get her involved with what I'm doing with my life. She, you know, she's seen, she's seen me training with Grant. She understands how important Grant is in my life, how much he's been a mentor to me. And so mm -hmm. when I, when I said, Malia, we're going to Miami, she was like, no way. <laughs> so it was super well, cool. You know, cause that, just makes me think about it, a very important lesson that I learned from my dad. And I didn't get it at the time, but as I got older, you know, it was, he was always about, remember, you're always in the middle and you want to be in the middle, right? Cause there's always someone that's a few steps ahead of you. There's always someone that's a few steps behind you. And yeah. you know, to the extent possible, you know, learn from the person that's in front of you and help the person that's a few steps behind. And you're yeah. setting that example for, right. You know, it's like you're mentoring her, which is huge. I think we, we another mistake that we make is not you know focusing on mentoring with kids yeah. and yeah. yet you're setting that, that example of going look i'm doing the same i'm not just telling you to do it but you're walking the walk as well yeah that's a beautiful way to put that and um i think there's some 
a lot of value in what you just said. There's, it's one thing to be a bare minimum parent. It's another thing to really over deliver on parenting even, you know what I mean? Like this is probably a concept that's foreign to people, but when, um, you know, when I've been, was taught, you know, to 10 X my actions in my life, that meant for everything. And parenting was part of that equation as well. And so I just want to make sure that I'm not the average parent. Um, I'm giving my daughter access to the things I was never given access to. I'm teaching her the things that I was never taught. And I'm really trying to set her up with a, a self a mindset of self-improvement and a mindset to always be better every single day. So I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of value in what you just said there. Yes. And well, and it should serve her well, you know, as, as she continues in her path in life as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, even if you feel like your children, you know, you're, you're kind of uh, getting ahead of yourself, they might not understand everything you're talking about. That's fine. Don't let that stop you from getting them involved with you. You teaching them these lessons, they're going to remember. Like they mm -hmm. will remember they're really great at retaining the things that you say. And there's always going to be a time where they're going to reflect on that. And, and the, the time it will make sense for them at that time. You know, they're going to remember, oh, this is what my dad was talking about. Oh, yep. this is what we were talking about. Now I understand. So, yeah, just an abundance of information to get them involved with with uh, positivity, um, mm -hmm. self-improvement, that mentorship uh, mindset and that lifestyle is perfect. You know, the older I get, the smarter my dad gets at a, at a good relationship <laughs> with my father. And uh, I, I value that more uh, as I've gotten older because I've met so many people that didn't have good relationships with their parents. Yeah. And yeah. Particularly, particularly guys and dads. And it, it, um, he gets smarter as I get older. And, and there's a lot of times where I'll go, that's what he meant. Right. It, it, you know, as a teenager, perhaps I took it completely different and with some life experience, I'm going, got it. Yeah. And it helps put another piece in the puzzle for me all these years later. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. You're, that's a perfect example. And, and, you know, you know, you said, uh, you made the comment that, you know, uh, parents, you know, or parents and children may not have a great relationship. Well, that also, the, what, what is a big part of that equation is, you know, parents that are just kind of doing the bare minimum too. It doesn't necessarily mean that like there's a bad relationship uh, between the parent and the child, but maybe just uh, like for, let me use myself as an example. Uh, you know, my relationship with my parents, it's not terrible, but there was a lot that more that could have been contributed to that relationship. I felt like it was lacking. And that unfortunately is a feeling that I, um, I will always remember and now making up for it in my, my, my adult years, you know, trying to, trying to really, um, emphasize this relationship with my mom. Um, and this is that plays into my parenting with my daughter. I want to make sure that she understands mm -hmm. where I'm coming from, how much I value her, how much I value our relationship. And I want her to understand that I am over delivering on my my parenting, too. I don't want to be that bare minimum parent. Nice. Nice. How we do one thing is how we do all things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got to be consistent, man. <laughs> and you are very because you this is this parallels your business life as well you do yeah. a lot of mentoring and coaching you know you've built businesses and now you do now you're at a point where you're mentoring others that are building their business yeah yeah exactly and i'm so fortunate to be in that position and uh it's an endless journey too that's the beautiful thing about mentorship and mm -hmm. uh hopefully 
And I'm going to talk a lot about this because um, I'm actually still in the process of writing a book. And it's it's basically talking about being misguided to mentoring, mm. um, how okay. anybody could do that, how, you know, the 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 bad things about, you know, what is detrimental to being misguided. So many things, you know, you people looking at you as a role model. Um, there's a lot of different angles I'm going to be covering. But yeah, um, mentorship is a huge beneficial. It's been a, a huge part of my life as far as me being mentored. Because now mm -hmm. I have the ability to really just share that, you know, when you learn something, you want to share it with people, especially if you've been massively successful with something, you want to instantly just share it with somebody because it's helped you and you want to help other people. And we have a natural tendency to want to help others, especially when you get the right information after having the wrong information for so many years, especially. Yeah. And, and that's something that I've found with uh, successful entrepreneurs that yeah. there's always that you get, you when there's at a level of success like you've achieved there's always a drive to now okay now i want to give back and help others I want to keep expanding this for others not just for me absolutely which, which is at least in in pop culture a misperception of what entrepreneurs are all about i think you're right yeah i think there's there needs to be a little bit more uh people need to elaborate a little bit more what the definition of a true entrepreneur is but i think I think you got it, like being able to give give back and make an impact on someone else's life the way you were impacted in your life is uh, very common with entrepreneurs, especially if they got the right mentorship. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's huge, man. Where did How did it start for you? Was being on the entrepreneurial path always an objective in life or did you have uh, more of a more of a uh, I don't want to use circuitous. It's too much of an MBA term, but you know, was it, was it, was it a direct line or was it kind of a winding path to be an yeah. entrepreneur? Yeah. I love that question too, Jeff. Uh, no, it was not a direct path. It was not, oh. it was a very windy road, lots of ups and downs, lots of hills and valleys. Um, and I don't come from a, a long line or a family or generations of entrepreneurship. Matter of fact, I can only think of one person who was a business owner. You know, we're talking three or four generations back in my family. I think I might have been the first business owner in my family in, in that many generations that I know of. Uh, and so, no, it was not taught to me uh, from any of my family members. I And to be frank, I didn't have a lot of people in my close network of friends mm -hmm. um, that also were, were business owners or successful business owners. So where, where did you start out? I kind of got the impression that you may have started out in construction trades. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Uh, there's a, I'm trying to Long hard days. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to give it to you in a tight little package because <laughs> it, it, it's a, uh, you could do a whole podcast just on, on the last seven years of my, well, I guess 17 years hmm. now. <laughs> well, then maybe we'll have to do this again. <laughs> There's a lot there, you know? <laughs> there is a lot there, but yeah. So uh, it started with me, you know, I worked as a carpenter. I was a mm -hmm. carpenter for one company for 10 years. And uh, I wow. used to build uh, outdoor living improvements, you know, like high-end sunrooms, patio covers, decks, handrails, um, power screens, you know, those type of things, uh, real high-end outdoor living improvements. And um, I got really skilled in it. I was a really good em employee. You know, I, I really worked my ass off and, um, you know, I, I really just grinded. I was so efficient. I had a good attitude 
And there was a point where I, I knew, you know, I started questioning myself, like this can't be everything that my life was meant to be. It just doesn't appeal uh, to me. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, I, I don't want to work 30 years for one company, retire and then be satisfied. Uh, that's just, it wasn't for me. So um, long story short. Well, and quite frankly, it, it's risky. Absolutely. A lot of companies don't make it 30 years these days. Absolutely. And talking about risk, um, I was very comfortable and I was not a risk taker. And I was a person who, a lot like other people, I was mm -hmm. very comfortable. I didn't want to take that risk. Um, you know, I was making decent money. Uh, I didn't want to challenge myself with anything other than the job itself, you know, because it wow. was a lot yeah. of challenging already. But what, but what pushed you over the line? I mean, you, you, you're clear, you're lead carpenter. So you're in a leadership role in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're obviously very good at it. Life's comfortable. Life's good. What tipped you into that next, next phase, you know, what across that line are going, okay, I'm going to, I, I have to take that risk. Yeah. So a lot of the reasons why I took big steps was because I was incepted by a friend or a family member. And in this case, I was incepted by a uh, person who I used to do side work for. I built a sunroom for her about eight years back, and I always did side work for her. And she was this lady that lived down by the lake, multimillionaire, pretty successful, owned real estate. <clears throat> she always told me, "Yeah, I see potential in you. I want to, I want to do something with you. We're gonna, we're gonna do a business, start a business together. I don't know what it is, but we're gonna do something." And uh, you know, finally that came down, you know, we, she was serious. She was like, let's get into something. And wow. so for, for some time uh -huh. there, me and her were like trying to figure out what we were going to get involved in. You know, we were going to seminars, business seminars, uh, looking into, you know, franchisee at, uh, for restaurants. Um, we looked into house flipping. We looked into gemology because she had a, a connection with gems overseas. Uh, we, you know, we, we were really trying to explore, like, what should we do? Yeah, well, exploring all the options. Exploring all the options. Yeah. Well, and by the way, this is this this journey, this period of my life did not end, end successfully. But for me to mm. sum this up, uh, we ultimately ended up in the cannabis industry. All right. Okay. And this is back when it was starting to become legal on the tipping point mm -hmm. back in 2015. Yeah, yeah. And um, she thought it would be a great idea to get involved in that because, you know, there was a lot of money involved and she thought we were going to be millionaires. And so that's the path I took. And, um, you know, she, she proposed to me, um, you know, we, we basically found a location that had a house and then the back, there was a huge RV storage that was undeveloped, very old. We're talking 50 plus years old. Um, and she had this idea of building that location out and we were going to become these growers and we were going to sell, we were going to sell marijuana and be millionaires. And so, um, by the way, I had no experience with this. <laughs> so, the, neither did she. So saw an opportunity and decided well, we're, we're going to, here's the opportunity. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. And so she proposed the idea to me. She said, you know, you're going to have to quit your job. And, um, you Ooh. know, when she said that to me, it, it kind of gave me this epiphany. I was like, holy crap, am I really going to have to quit my job? Like, and that's when it became real for me. You know, I was like, wow, I'm gonna have to step away from something I've been doing for a decade uh, into a completely different unknown sector and industry. I don't know. There's no certainty. There's no guarantees. Um, and so it took me, it didn't take me very long to actually make that decision. It took less than a week. And um, well, I still, it's giving a thought, right? It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you got to quit your job. It's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> 
yeah, you know, and I had a, you know, I had a lot to think about, you know, I have my daughter, I was with uh, my daughter's mom at that time. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was just about, gosh, two years old. So she was still little. Um, but I did, I quit my job. I went and worked on this, this location. I used my skills as a carpenter to build out this location. Um, it took about nine months, spent about half a million dollars to build wow. this location out. Um, I YouTubed everything from excavating, um, running natural gas, helping out with HVAC. Um, I, I basically built the walls, insulated this place. I set it up for a grow operation, all with YouTube uh, information. And um, oh, but you did have some skills. Now you're tapping into your skill as a carpenter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that helped quite a bit, actually. And it saved us a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it was still a huge operation. It cost a lot of money. So um, so fast forward now that I got this this operation, because uh, this is an important part of my journey. I always talk a lot mm -hmm. about you might have heard me talk a lot about this. But um, after we got this set up, uh, fast forward some time. I don't know if you know much about marijuana but it's it's just like any plant it harvests at certain seasons you know every three or four months sure so, it's an ag agricultural operation so exactly you're, you're, you've got the seasons you're at the whim of weather and yeah. other you know bugs it's just yeah well it was an indoor operation that I, you control but still oh okay the reason yeah. why i'm emphasizing that is because you're going through periods of time without income and your expenses yes. are high um, right. It's what what a, uh, a famous interview with a farmer who uh, won the lottery, and they go, "What are you going to do with the millions that you just won?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just going to keep farming until it's all gone." Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's very much a you know roll the dice because there's so many factors that totally. um, can't be controlled, and even the ones that can be controlled don't necessarily have a guaranteed outcome. But that, yeah, absolutely. that's an it's an excellent point. You've got this big gap where you're spending money. And then you begin the grow, growing operation and you're still a long way from revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, and talk about, yeah, the being anxious and, and really getting worried about, you know, is this going to work? You know, it just added to that uncertainty that I already was feeling. Right. So yeah, we, now we've come to the time to where we cropped out, right. We got, mm -hmm. we got 24 plus pounds of this marijuana. I got to figure out how to get rid of now black market, by the way, because we didn't decide to go. Oh, no with the with the state because of the taxes my business oh, partner no. didn't want to do that yeah. and so it relied all on me and so i what did i do i hit craigslist i hit facebook and i was trying to meet people and sell this stuff to strangers and um yeah I, it was going pretty well for a while there but uh the the worst thing that ever happened was when i actually got robbed and uh i was downtown oh, no yeah, it was downtown Tacoma. So you watched Undercover Billionaire, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So the lady that was in Tacoma, I don't know if mm -hmm. you remember that. She's in Washington, Tacoma, where she started her juicing company. That is exactly. Okay, you know, I haven't seen that episode. Oh, okay. Well, she was one of the people in in the same season that Grant Cardone was in. So they, they okay. were following three people, but she started a juicing company in Tacoma and Hilltop, and that's exactly where I, where I had this this thing happen to me. Um, I was meeting a person. And, you know, there ended up being three of them. And I was, you know, kind of telling them, you know, I need a couple of you guys to stand by the store while we go over it. It's a very risky, risky business, by the way. Um, and I wasn't ready for it. And I'm sitting there. The guy grabs the product and starts running with it. You know, we're talking, oh, about $6,000 worth of uh, oh, product. Oh, my gosh. And so my instinct was to chase him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the this is the worst thing to do. I, I started chasing the individual um, in my truck, and as I roll up on him, and um, you know I'm yelling out the window, "Hey, you know, uh, two of the guys split," and the guy that had one of the bags stops, turns around, pulls a gun on me, and fires oh. two shots straight straight at me. And um, it was so surreal that I, I couldn't even comprehend what would actually happened. You know, I just know that I seen the flashes. I was mm-hmm. looking right at him. I heard the gunshots. Um, I just left and I parked up the road and I kind of regrouped and gathered myself. I called my next contact and let him know, hey, I just got shot at me. I just got robbed. And um, he said, did you get hit? And I was like, when he said that, this rush came over my body because I didn't know if I got hit. I was just pumped up on adrenaline and I started checking my body. And um, thankfully I wasn't hit, but I looked out the window yeah at the side of my door and there was two bullet holes like literally right in the side of the door. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just couldn't compute like what happened. Well, the next morning I examined the hole a little bit better with the flashlight and I could see what happened. The bullets hit this little piece of metal on the inside of the door that guides the window from going up and down. Oh, and, uh, man. I just luckily both those bullets hit that piece of metal and stayed inside the door. Um, and to make things even more scary uh, a couple of days ago i was uh, after that i was following the news and there was a gentleman that was found dead in a car from a drug deal gone bad and um three individuals mm-hmm. were were taken into custody and it, it, i'm almost certain it was those guys so it could have easily been me but yeah that's a very, it's a very important um part of my story because like i said i've really you know i use this as an example because i did this i went into that industry for the wrong reasons and it was to chase money and chasing yeah. money got me into so many problems. That was that was just one of them. You know, I and after that, I ended up doing risky things and and like mailing it across the United States. Right. I used to mail like 10 pound increments at a time, walking into the post office with this giant box of marijuana <laughs> and mailing just, it. Just and dropping off an express mail package. Yeah. And I did this a lot. Wow. Um, you know, I wrecked my truck because I was running on three, three hours of sleep, trying to maintain these operations. You know, I was just tired. I was just doing a lot of it myself. So, um, I walked away from that industry and I, I decided this is not for me. Good. Started all the way over, moved out, started, I lived with my brother-in-law for about 10 months. Thankfully he was, he was able to make uh, room for me. And I went to go do some side work for, uh, an individual I knew who built sunrooms and did the same stuff that I used to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of where things really changed. And again, I talked to you about Inception. Well, my nephew uh, said, you know, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do. You know, do I go crawling back to the company I left? I didn't know what I did, what I should be doing. And he said, you should start your own business. And when he said that, I was just like, okay, sure. It never occurred to you to start your own business at that point. It didn't occur to me. No. I just, I didn't know, you know, I, to me, I thought it was a huge process. You know, I just, it was the unknown again. And he made it sound easy. He's like, nah, man, just, you know, it's very easy to get your business license. Just, just go down there and do it. And uh, once he said that, it just, a light bulb went off and I was like, of course, why don't I just do what I'm good at, but be better than everybody else at it. And um, that night I sat down and drew a logo and it's the same logo we use today in the business. And we're in our fifth year. And so I, wow. that, I was that committed. I was that committed. I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, it's at least something I'm really good at. I understand the industry very well. I do mm-hmm. fantastic work. I think I have the ability to grow it too. And so that's where it started. I, I moved, you know, but by the way, I was not successful 
at this business for the first year and a half. I was terrible. Matter of fact, I lost. My really? Life. Yeah. Even, even though you had you had a leadership role in a company that had been doing this, which you did for years. Right. But now I'm doing everything. Now I'm marketing. I'm mm, selling. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm doing um you know I'm I'm doing the algorithms on Facebook and Google Ads uh you know I'm really doing everything and I'm work, I'm building at the same time. It was terrible uh you know I didn't know by the way I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to help people make sense of why they should do business to me. I couldn't help mm -hmm. I couldn't um help them see the value over the price. Uh, I just didn't know how to close anybody. I didn't know how to handle objections. I could not sell because of the lack of strategies and skills. And so the same nephew that told me to start a business handed me the 10X rule book one day. And in, in case, and I know you know what this is, but in case you guys don't know what that is, 10X rule book is what my nephew handed uh, to me. And he said, check this guy out, man. This guy uh, got a lot of value. I think you might like him. And, I, you know, it sat around for a week. I didn't read it. And uh, <laughs> this will really help you. No, okay, great. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. It ends up in the back of the garage. I've got a shelf for stuff like that. Right, right. right. So yeah, oh, yes. when you get back to it, you're just blowing dust off it. Yeah, but blowing uh, dust off of it. I'm like, oh, I should have been looking at that two years ago. <laughs> no, but he nudged me and said, "You read that book, right?" And uh, I told yeah. him, "No, no, I haven't got to it yet." And so I started reading it. And by the way, I am not a big reader. I don't read a lot. I never have. Okay. Uh, until the last few years after I started reading that book, though. Uh, once I started reading that book, I couldn't stop. I really mm -hmm. connected with Grant. Um, it really resonated with what I should be doing with now, my who, Who's Grant? Grant Cardone. Great question. If you guys don't know who Grant Cardone, he is the author of this book. He's wrote, um, I think okay. he's wrote 12 other books as well. Super successful entrepreneur. A uh, big real estate monster over in the Miami area and across, you know, he's got developments in other parts of the U.S. too. But uh, he's got, you know, six or seven other businesses that are very successful. They he primarily helps other companies increase their revenue uh, massively through basically through sales training, live events, workshops, things like that. And that's how I got involved with it, too. And so um, I became a partner with Grant Cardone and I seen that opportunity one time at an event. Um, to be mm -hmm. a part of that. And it made sense to me. So, um, well, you know, and it, and it sounds like that was based on how learning from him had helped you build your business. Exactly. Exactly. So once I started diving into Grant, I got obsessed after I read the 10 X rule book, I got obsessed with Grant. I was mm -hmm. like, this guy, this guy is speaking to me. Um, I, I don't know what it is about him, but it's like the dad I never had. And I literally was watching binge watching YouTube videos of Grant and just getting wow. so much, you know how, when you hear something that makes so much sense, you haven't heard that and put to you in that way. Um, it's just like, Oh, wow. Well, Grant did that for me several times. It was just like epiphany after epiphany. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I need to latch onto this guy. And um, by the way, I lost a lot of, once I made that, that commitment to change my life, to being better, self-improving, really putting in massive action. Um, I lost a lot. I lost friends. I lost family members. Uh, when I say lost, I mean, I lost connection with them. I didn't really, um, you know, interact with them. Really? They're just on a different path. Uh, I lost mm -hmm. a girlfriend at the time. She just didn't understand. Uh, we just weren't connecting on that. I, I told her, this is where I'm going with my life. Um, I'm trying to capture my potential. 
and she just wasn't there in her life. She she liked to to go out and drink every weekend and kind of just sit back on the couch. And and that's where we separated. So I, I lost a lot, but uh, you know, after being involved with the 10X team for so long, I, I understand now that it's usually a good sign. You know, when you're moving a direction towards your goals and your potential, and you're you're losing people, uh, people are not involved in your life anymore. It's just a sign that you are doing the right thing. You know, yep. it's, it's nothing well, bad. It, it, and yeah. something that I think isn't focused on enough in education is when we decide it opens the door for a new set of possibilities. At the same time, though, it closes the door on other stuff. Yeah, that's a good right? point. It closes the door on what's not consistent with that decision. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's fine. That was one thing that took me, a, um, you know, when when you first get involved in that, like I said, you want to share it with everybody. Right. And one of the yeah. worst things that I, I kind of set myself up for was I couldn't understand why people weren't getting the value out of this mindset that I was. And so when I really tried to I tried to convert people, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when I couldn't do that, uh, I would get upset because I was like, I don't see why you don't see the value in this. And so I had to come to terms like, you know, there's a lot of people that just want to be normal. There's a lot of people that just want they're comfortable and that's OK. You know, like it, it, um, what, what's the saying? If the when the student is ready, the teacher will will come. Yes. And that's something I realized, you know, I'm like, OK, not every this is not for everybody. This is just like not it's like reading a book 10 years later and going, when did they put that in there? That's brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that that's, you know, like I said, um, to sum it up after getting involved with Grant and, and really heavily training on the things that he taught me as far as how to interact with people, how to especially with sales um, mm -hmm. that scaled my business. I did everything that Grant told me to do and it, it changed my business. You know, now we're we're a multimillion dollar company now. And I started it from nothing. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's yeah, a lot of work. Um, I put in a lot of effort. You know, I, I do a lot of social media content, a lot of organic posting mm -hmm. and a lot of paid ads, too. You know, like the community knows who I am. You know, I go to church and uh, the other day, this guy seen me in the bathroom. He's like, hey, you're that patio cover guy, aren't you? I was like, wow. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for noticing. And he's like, yeah, me and my wife have been following you for a couple of years. And so it's great, man. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it is super cool to get recognized like that just randomly in places. And, uh, you know, people call me for uh, jobs and they tell me, we've been following you for a couple of years. I love your content. You know, that's why we called you. We're, we're ready to move forward with you now. Mm -hmm. um, and so the things I yeah, learned. So, so based on based on that experience with applying what you had learned from Grant Cardone in his 10X community, you scaled your business. Now you're helping other companies scale, other entrepreneurs scale their business. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the position I was put in uh, with the Olympia Master Builders. So essentially, they are a group of contractors, builders um, who get together and for resources, connections, home shows, things like that. And um, yeah, they put me in the sales and recruiting position to do just wow. that. So I can help these companies who primarily are a bunch of older guys who've been doing the same thing for 40 years to help them get a fresh set of ideas and approach. So my, my work is cut out for me. I'll tell you that because some of the things that I'm hearing is, is uh pretty outdated and, and not really a proper approach to scaling and growing a business. So well, that's exactly in, what the, I do. in the current environment is, is you're working, helping others scale their business in, in the current economic environment. Is, is there one or two gold nuggets you could share where you're, you're seeing people do stuff that just doesn't work anymore? 
Yeah, yeah, tons of it. So one of the things, uh, one of the things that the I hear a lot, especially from older individuals, is uh, that they got too many leads. I talked about this recently in a post I did. Um, and I've heard this from several companies, right? And we're talking businesses that are probably doing, you know, $50 million or $100 million. They're, they're really, they're well. Right? But that sounds like a quality problem. We've got too many leads. Exactly. So I've heard this from several businesses, probably four people in one week, a few weeks back. Uh, mm -hmm. they were, we just got too many leads. We can't handle them all. We're turning away people. They told wow. me. We're turning away people. When I heard that, that told me, you guys need to grow. If you are hitting a ceiling, you have to grow. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how successful you are. You have gotten comfortable. And so being that's one of the common mistakes I see in a successful business is that they're they're comfortable hitting the numbers that they're hitting and they're hitting a ceiling and they're not pushing past that ceiling to hit the next level. And a lot mm -hmm. of them are just getting referral work. A lot of them are not on social media. That's the biggest, biggest problem for some of these companies that have been in business for so long. They are not involved on social media and the ones that get involved with social media, not just paid advertising. I'm talking about organic content posting, okay. posting of you talking video videos of you talking on a job site, maybe getting your family involved with this stuff. The same stuff Grant Cardone does. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a huge uh, benefit to these companies. When you can start doing that, you're going to see a massive, massive change and connections with people. People buy from people. People want to connect with people. And when you start exposing your life like that, they feel a connection with you and they want to be a part of that. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm watching the time and I want to be respectful of your time as well as as you're watching this, your time as well. So I had promised I was only going to keep you a half hour. We've run a little bit over. Uh, can you stay with us for about another 15 minutes? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm here for however long. <clears throat> okay, good. <laughs> I used I to know, do just, two-hour podcasts. So. great stories. And it's just there's just more and more and I, I want to just be respectful of your time on this. Don't worry about my time, awesome. Jeff. Like, yeah, I want to respect your time more than anything. <laughs> I, I've got plenty of time this morning. Uh, I got a political rally I'm going to be going to after this for three hours. Oh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, there's there's nothing really. That's not until 12. So we're talking two hours away. So <laughs> okay. Well, well, I promise we'll wrap up before that. So so you're talking about you see, and these are these are substantial businesses, eight figures in revenue businesses that are saying one, they've got too many leads coming in. So they're not, they're not growing properly. They're not scaling. And the second is they haven't, they're not using social, not just not effectively. They're simply not using social media at all. Absolutely. That you, that you are successfully as you've learned from Grant Cardone. Absolutely. And before I forget, I would say one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give a company that they are not doing well and by the way, I used to do this when I first started my business, but um, just going to a do a bid, like a, especially like a, a, if you're in a business that involves you going to somebody's house or uh, getting on a Zoom call or if it involves you investing time with somebody um, initially, do it. Not only invest the time with them, but show them that you are going to over deliver on service, that you have a high commitment level to their success to the outcome of this, this journey that they're going to take with you. Um, help them make sense of why they should trust you, why they should put their, their money in your business and you. And a lot of companies, it's another misconception I heard, or not really misconception, but just poor advice. 
that they, you know, really heavily pre-qualify somebody before they even set an appointment with them. I've heard companies go as far as charging for a bid, charging money to just come out and, and do a bid. And um, that's been one of the best things that's, wow. that I've done is really just commit. Like I'll go, I'll spend two hours mm -hmm. on a job site and I'll just completely go over the top. And I'll ask them at the end of it, what is your opinion of me? What's your opinion of my company? Do I come across as a person who's going to over deliver on service? And every time I get the same answer, like, absolutely. Like, and, and by that time, they've already had a few people coming over um, so they can compare me. And they're like, yeah, you went way above and you do way more than anybody that I've ever talked to yet. And that's usually why I end up securing the business um, over my competition is because I really just emphasize to them mm -hmm. how different we are as a company and as I am as, as an individual. Yes. And it, it creates a, a stark example to how you're dealing with them as opposed to the other people that they've had come over. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that applies to, you know, so that's with people that are doing things with home improvement, construction and trades. But what about in, in, prof, you know, professional services, uh, like the, you know, the whole MBA drama thing. It's like, Oh yes. You know, I have an MBA here, let me teach you how yeah, to be successful yeah. at what you've been doing for 20 years. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you said that. So this applies to everything. This applies to your personal relationships. All the things I've ever learned in oh. sales has, has really helped my really? entire. Absolutely. It's helped my entire life. It's helped my, my relationships with people in general. But is it, but wait, 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 isn't sales about the, you know, the skeezy used car salesman that's become a punchline on stand-up comedy? You know, the, hey, hey, how are you going? Gotta look at this car over here. Isn't that yeah. what sales is really about? And we always want to wash your hands after you talk to a salesperson? <laughs> Not at all, man. That's a huge misconception. I, I like that you pointed, pointed that out. So, and I know you're joking, of course, but um, <laughs> yes, yeah, there's, good, there's good and bad in everything. I'll say this again. Um, right. What yeah, you focus true. on. You're going to attract what you look for. You are going to find if you're if you're looking for that negativity, that negative experience, you're going to find it. Um, mm -hmm. If that's what you're focusing on, you're going to attract it. And so, of course, there's slimy salesmen out there doing that are unethical, but that's not every single one of them. For me personally, I can speak for myself. I can speak for Grant and the 10X team. We can we are we have confidence in our not only the product, but ourselves and how we're going to deliver a service to you that is just going to be exponentially better than any other experience you've ever had with an individual. So um, I always tell people, do not lean on your product first, lean on your service product mm. is second. All right. You can get the same product anywhere else. The people are selling the same thing you are. They're selling the same service you are. What you can't get is you. And so if you really can emphasize your difference in the way you, you come across to somebody, how much you're going to go above and beyond, how much you're going to make sure that they're going to be successful. That's what you lean on. That's what you emphasize. And then you focus on the product. Products don't sell themselves. And, and even for a product, isn't a product just a specialized form of a service? It's all yeah. about yeah. Provide, you know, filling a need, providing value, solving a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So solving a problem, you know, if you can identify that you have the solution for someone's problem, um, then you already know you have that established. And again, there are other people out there that have a solution to their same problem. So just understanding that the only difference is you as a person. That's huge. That's the separator. That is the variable. 
And that's why you really need to work. That's why self-improvement is huge because you can really elaborate that to somebody. And like, when I say elaborate, like make sure they understand it, ask them the hard questions with that. Like, what do you think about me? How am I, you know, what do you think about the way I operate? Do, am I coming across professional? Am I coming across like I care about this? I'm passionate about you being successful with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what you should lean on. And that's what's going to really be the differentiator with your success with a business. And like I said, just relationships in general. That's a massive insight. And and it's so counter what we get taught in business. Absolutely. In terms terms of there's a... I want to say that I started my career out in manufacturing. I'm a recovering engineer, you know, and it's like, there's a wrench for every nut type of a thing. (laughs) Right. But it's, that's why in, in such, we have such broad, deep markets in the U S and the, you know, the, the something special that somebody brings, you can have five people that offer the same service, sell the same product, but each five of them brings is what I'm hearing you saying. You know, each, each one of those five people is bringing something unique to, to the table because of who they are and how they approach things, how they relate to people. Yeah, absolutely. And so think of the things that you can do to really just provide more value, right? Mm-hmm. And let me give you an example. In my industry, um, the reason why I heard some of these companies charging money to do a bid was because they, they spend time doing CAD drawings, right? So... I do a 2D CAD drawing for free. When I go and do a bid, I'll spend time walking around the house doing literally a preliminary site plan on the entire right, project. Right. right. And I'll sit but there. But you, you do a full, like an architectural type drawing for free? Yes. Well, on a 2D, wow. on a 2D CAD pro- program, but it's pretty elaborate. Yeah. And the system I use is very efficient and it's pretty fast. And it's all okay. to scale. There's, a, there's options on there to scale it really quick. So once I start pulling measurements, the rest of it just kind of goes, it's just me pulling tape, drawing little trees. I mean, I I go, I landscape the whole thing, a site plan, literally. And and so they can get an an idea of what they're getting involved in. So I do that. I not only, I make sure they get the bid, first of all, right there. I make sure they get the layout right there. I email it to them. And then I go over it with them before I even leave and let them know. Um, you know, I asked them, have you heard enough to make the decision after presenting everything? And in the worst case scenario, if they haven't heard enough to make a decision and I'm, I'm setting them up for a follow-up, they, they asked me the same question. Can you email me all that stuff? And I've already done it. I tell them, yeah, you've already got it. It's in your email right now. You got everything you need. You got my contact number. Um, the only thing now that's stopping this process is you making this decision and I want to help you make this decision. So I'll be following up with you. Um, and then that's usually how I approach it. And so I'm just really quick with it. And that's, that's what I mean by over delivering, you know, a lot of contractors will, they won't even, they'll just kind of spitball ballparks. They'll really just, they want to make sure that the customer is going to actually do business with them before they start investing time in them. And I don't approach it that way. I want to have confidence that I know they are going to do business with me because of the the value I'm delivering. It's, it's my fault if they don't. And and from a, from a, business owner standpoint, from an entrepreneur standpoint, does that kind of work both ways too, though? It gives, does it also, it gives oh, both yeah. of you an opportunity to say, Hey, do we, you know, this is going to take a while. Do we really want to work together on this? Absolutely. It does go both ways. Uh, you know, I've heard some, matter of fact, I had a conversation with a guy last night who's looking to get a sunroom project built um, over his swim spa. 
And he was, uh, you know, he was telling me, I've, I've talked to some of these guys and a lot of them are just like, look, man, they have this attitude of like, uh, are you going to buy, how are, you know, how are you, are you green light with this project? Like how far are you to committing to this? They want to make sure that there was getting a yes from him before they even decide to go out there. Wow. And, um, yeah, I told him, I was like, well, good thing you're talking to me because you're going to get a level of service that is not even completely comparable um, to these guys that you're, you're talking to right now. I was like, I'd be more than happy to come out there. Um, I'll definitely provide you with a ton of information right now. Check your phone. I already text messaged you like 13 pictures. Is this what you're looking for? I mean, I literally go over the top in everything I do. So it's some, something else that I'm hearing in what you're saying, and I want to make sure I've got this right. You've also made the effort to understand what the normal practices are Yes. In that industry. Yeah. So you can see where the gap, you know, where the gaps are or what, you know, where you can break the frame, so to speak, to break the paradigm to, to be clearly different and superior in service. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's I'm glad you said that. So you should be collecting data from your competition. Collect like you need to understand what they're what they're not doing so that you can do that stuff as well. So not only that, you can emphasize that in your in your pitch to mm -hmm. people. You need to really emphasize what other companies are not doing and what you're doing. You can emphasize it with statistics. You can emphasize it with an example, um, whatever that may be. Uh, really well, so, sort of the, sort of the marketing shopper's guide approach, you know, here's the, here's the 55 things that you should look for when you know the, the normal behavior in the industry or most of your competitors are only doing maybe 15 of them. Exactly. You're doing all 55. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And I think there's a lot of value in sharing that with the, your prospects mm -hmm. and your leads that are coming in, you know, cause there's a lot of value in that when they, when they, they don't even, some of them don't even realize that, you know, or a lot of them do because they've already talked to other people with the same thing. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's just yeah. kind of the rule of thumb. People want multiple, multiple, uh, uh, what do you call that? They're looking for different, um, quotes, bids, whatever there is, they're buying, they're searching around. They're comparing, mm -hmm. they're shopping. And that's the whole, that's the whole point. Your, your job as a business owner, if, if you're in an industry where there's someone else that has the same thing, you need to really do your best to make sure they're not going to shop you. Make it a very easy decision for them. Like, okay, this person obviously is the better choice. They're going over the top. They're doing so many other things that these other people I've talked to are not. This is a no brainer. And that's the position you want to put yourself in. This is just delivering one gold nugget after another. As you're watching <laughs> this, I hope you got something to write with. This is these are hard earned, hard learned tips that will help you scale your business or help you get ahead of your competition. And sometimes it may be you know deceptively simple, but that's the best solutions, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Something, so something in engineering that we, that we used to do, or even when I uh, was in consulting, you know, I was like, if it looks complicated, keep asking questions until it becomes clear and simple. And then you're, yeah. now you're on the right path. Absolutely. I'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of this, the stuff that is going to make you successful, it is very simple at its core. When you think about it, it just needs to be attacked. It just needs to be applied. You just have to do it. And so yes. that goes back to what I said before, people may not have the right information. They might not have information to begin with, let alone mm -hmm. the wrong information. They just don't have the information. And so 
learning it, getting a mentor, getting some around winners, getting around people who are like-minded and that, that are going to help you. They want to see you succeed. That's key right yes. there. It's really latching on like I did with Grant Cardone and now like I do for other people. Well, and like you do with your daughter too. You set that example for your daughter as well. Absolutely. Yep. Same thing. And like I said, when, when I, you know, when I'm trying to get her involved in the things I'm doing, she's doing it too. So yeah, she's uh, an example of that is she's, she's training on a 10 X kids university and she loves it, man. And Benjamin, I've got a growing, you know, as we're talking, I've, I've been making more questions that I wanted to get to. And it's just like, <laughs> we'll be here for the entire day. This is such a great conversation. You really are delivering a lot of value over delivering as you, as your motto is. Um, but I, I, I want to ask this, make sure we have time to, to talk about this. You know, it's like, what, what are you working on next? You know, do you have any new projects going and how, how can people, and how can people keep in touch with you to continue learning from you? Yeah. So my, my real goal right now is just to connect with business owners right now. Um, I, that is my purpose. So, and by the way, since I found my purpose, it has really propelled my actions, my activity. And so that's what I'm ultimately doing right now. As far as what I'm working on, I'm working on getting involved with as many networks and communities and connecting with people as possible. That's why I did become the uh, sales and recruiting uh, chairman for on the committee for Olympia Master Builders because they they seen the value in the things I talked about. You know, I always talk about you know anything in and around sales, and they got a lot of value from that. And they reached out to me and said, "Hey, we you got a lot of good advice, man, and, and good viewpoints. We'd love to get you involved." And so lately, I've just been literally trying to connect with business owners. I recently um, did some sponsorships for a tennis uh, tennis club that I, I joined membership in. And the oh, owner nice. starting it. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And the owner is starting a sales team because he built a whole nother location that has a pool, um, a weightlifting uh, area and also like a yoga class set up there. So he spends he's spending millions of dollars and he doesn't have a sales team established. So I did a cold drop in on his business because he owns an insurance company, too. And uh, the other day I just dropped in. He wasn't there, of course, but. That's that's my life right now. I'm really just trying to connect yeah. with business owners and just show them how much I can help them convert people and help people. And when I say help people, that means help them get involved with their company so that they can make sales, make revenue, make some money back and in turn provide value to that person. All right. And so that that's kind of what I'm getting involved in. Of course, I'm always going to Miami as much as I can. I need to, you know, get in proximity with my 10x team and grant anybody who's providing me the value that they have over these last three years I'm trying to get involved in. So yeah, as far as the big things I would say is, is scaling um, my Benjamin John massive impact coaching company right now. My goal is to have that company essentially scale past my construction company. And so it's going to take a lot of work and uh, I think it's possible, but uh, yeah, I need people to put their trust in me and give me a chance to let me earn their business, show them what I can do. Well, especially in our current economic environment where we have inflation, interest rates are going up, are going to be going up. So cost of money is, is going to feed inflation and other business challenges. So, as you know, how do people continue to grow? How do they scale and not become one of the companies that's going to struggle in that environment? And, and it can happen pretty fast, too. Right. Applying the right applying the right tools, techniques, getting the right people doing the right things. It seems that, that you can help people scale sales and then, but also the ability to deliver on it 
uh, in surprisingly short time frames as well. Absolutely, you can, man. I uh, have my best year, the year that the well, actually it was last year. So we had a, a, a substantial growth in the pandemic year um, mm -hmm. and then an even bigger growth last year. And the reason for that was because I committed to expanding in a contracting economy. And so I, I did a lot. More, I increased activity. I increased my ad spend. And um, yeah, that's the result of the growth that keeps exponentially happening in the construction business that I have. And so I think there's a lot of value in what you just said there. Absolutely. People, they they tend to go with the flow and, and the flow right now is a contracting economy. Of course, we're we're slowly trying to get out of this now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. where you're at with mandates and where you are, but we're just now getting the mask mandate lifted this month, late this month. And um, I live in a very progressive state, like super progressive. So um, it's really gridlocked a lot of production around here. And if you're one of the companies that has fallen in line with that, you're going to you're going to uh, take a hit and you're not you're going to hit a ceiling. You're going to seize up. You're not going to grow. You have to make that commitment to grow in a contracting economy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it can, you know, so here's, as you're watching this, here's my question to you. If you can make a significant difference in the growth of your business in 90 days, wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't it be yeah. worth a conversation with Benjamin? Yeah. I'm glad you asked that question. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's, it, I've seen it. I, I know from, from some of our other conversations that things like that can happen. I've seen it happen with other businesses, with other, um, I know for my consulting days and those stuff, you can be amazed at what can be done when you get, get part of it is having people like you're saying, the mentorship, the experience, people that can go, hey, just look over here a little bit. That slight shift in perspective can change everything. Absolutely. You just need that guidance. You just need some. The focus could be in the wrong attention, uh, the yep. wrong area. Yep. And so. Yeah, it's just it's just getting that mindset shift, you know, and that's why I kind of also said that the sales has transformed my life in, in general, because that everything I've ever learned in sales uh, just kind of shifts over and correlates with my personal life as well. And so absolutely getting the right knowledge is going to get you the right results. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out, because that that's kind of what that's my whole goal is to help people help other business owners the same way I, I help myself and the grant helped me with that process. Yes. And I'm putting up, uh, you know, to get in touch with Benjamin and I'm sorry, Benjamin, we're running up against a hard stop. Um, <laughs> perhaps we, you know, perhaps we can keep this going and, uh, and do, do this some more, but as you're watching this, get in touch with Benjamin at benjaminjohn.net. That's benjaminjohn.net. You can see it here on your screen. And it's just, it's amazing what he's achieving. And this is, this is an entrepreneur who has been very, very successful. He's built a multi-million dollar business. He's also gone through the gut-wrenching experience of having it not work out, which you may have also done as an entrepreneur and is now helping companies scale in today's environment. And it can happen quickly. You can make a big difference. You know, if you can make it, again, if you can make a difference in your business, if you can begin to scale and increase your sales in 90 days. Would it be worth having a conversation with Jonathan? Yeah. And I don't see how the answer could be no to that, but I'll, I'll leave that for your consideration. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, if, it, if there was any company, I would just say dovetail off that is if there's any company, if you're a small business or an established business that's been in business 40 years, 
um, if you're wearing all the hats in the, in the company, whatever your situation is, um, I would love to talk to you as the business owner or the decision maker, or I would love to get in front of your sales team. Just give me the chance to earn your business and give me 15 minutes with your sales team and I will improve your sales either that day or in the next few days, 100%. Mm. That's, there you go. <laughs> Benjamin John. Big claim, right? <laughs> yeah. Bold claim and he can back it up. I'm telling you, he can back it up. Wouldn't have him on the show if he couldn't. Yeah. Benjamin, thanks so much for talking with us today. I really appreciate your time and the stories. Oh my gosh. Thanks for being so open and, sh and sharing such, you know, such gold, such stuff that, that is, as you've been watching this, you can go out and apply it today and then reach out to Benjamin to take it to the next step beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you getting me on this too, man. Um, let me know if there's, you know, like I said, I got an abundance of things I could talk about forever and uh, I would love to get back on this and, and just chop, uh, chop it up with you again. So just let me know, man. We'll get on here and uh, we'll just provide more value. Like that's what podcasts are for, right? Exactly. Exactly. We'll definitely do it. Done deal. And uh, as you're watching this, have a great rest of the day. Make notes. Reach out to Benjamin. He's the real deal. He can help you make that impact fast. You know, there was the, the give, like you said, give him 15 minutes. He'll make a difference. You got it. Benjamin, thanks for being with us. And thank you for watching Wolf's Watch. We'll see you on the trail. All right. Take care, guys.